All right, welcome back. It is July 5th, 2022. This is season 13, episode four of the Soybean Pass podcast. Good morning, Aaron. Hi, Matt. Do you have a good 4th of July? Yeah. Do you still have all your fingers? Uh, <laughs> yeah, a few, few or less toes. I uh, <laughs> had something land on. Did I talk about this last week? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. So we don't need to talk about my toe. Um, but we can talk about pests. Can't we? Let's do it. Yeah. What have you been hearing lately? Anything? We had a lab, um, we had a lab meeting on Friday. Yeah. Uh, we had a little bit of roundup from the students and all. So tell us what, tell us what's what. Well, I think if you're out and about, whether it's agriculture or just around rural or urban environments, you're going to see Japanese beetle. So that's a pain in the butt for whether you're a farmer or just a homeowner. <clears throat> and then I think people are starting to do float tests for corn rootworm. And so getting a lot of questions about like how to do it and what do the numbers mean? So I created a short little video last week just to help people uh, as a refresher on the float test for larvae. And then um, we're starting to see some visible signs of soybean gall midge injury <clears throat> along the Western, some of the Western counties of Iowa. So that's when the larvae are feeding inside the stem. And then eventually you can see a, a plant that's starting to wilt and it becomes mm. pretty fragile right above the soil line. Is this most notable in areas where there's drought? No. Um, well, the, the northwest part of the state is very droughty. I think it's entered the D2 stage of, of drought on the uh, on the mitigation or not mitigation drought monitor, sorry. Um, but uh, other parts of Western Iowa have had adequate amounts of rain. So it's sort of a mix of, I'm not sure why some fields are more infested mm. than others. Yeah. I still don't have any rhyme or reason yet. I think Nebraska is, is seeing similar patterns where there's just a, a visual signs of injury right now. Is now a good time to scout for gall midge? Now is a really good time. So um, if you think you maybe had it last year and you don't know, or you just want to confirm um, that you've had it on the farm and maybe you're planting a new area of soybean, um, or if you are in a strong corn soybean rotation, now would be a good time to, to detect. I think most of the plants are starting to flower. And so um, check the edges first. And that would be my first and then a first place to scout. And then if you're seeing those are infested, move into the field interior. Okay. Um, is there any guidelines that people could uh, find online for what a gall midge looks like or what the damage looks like? Do we have a, like a fact sheet or something up? Uh, I would probably point them to uh, soybeangallmidge.org. It's not, okay. you're not, you're unlikely to see adults in the field. Um, they're small, skittish, fragile little midges, so little flies, but the larvae are, are pretty easy to see with the naked eye, especially okay. if you have good vision. So yeah, I, I would point them to soybeangallmidge.org. You'll see where we're finding them and some other, um, uh, some webinars, some other tools and resources on that website. Sweet. I'm going to put that link into the text box for today's podcast. So we'll have uh, a link for people to go and find more information about that. Um, anything else? Any other pests? We had a sighting of soybean aphids, what, a couple of weeks ago? Yep. 
We've gone out a, a bit. I uh, haven't seen much in our limited plots. How about you? Have you? Yeah, um, we're finding small colonies. I think we talked about it two weeks ago. The small colonies are persisting, and so you'll find an, an aphid uh, with surround, you know, surrounded by nymphs and maybe even a few alates on a few plants. But right now, it's very limited. So it was just so, typical for July. Yeah, still early. Uh, maybe the hot weather and, and rain might uh, put a, a bit of dampening on their pop, the rate of the population's growth, but still too early to say anything about that pest. Yeah, I think so. Well, um, did we do it? Did we round up all the pests? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of the same. And so, um, you know, potato leafhoppers and alfalfa weevil would be in, al- in alfalfa right now. So that's I think maybe I haven't mentioned potato leaf hopper yet, but and that that's not in soybean, but uh, it can be in soybean, but we've seen it in alfalfa. Yeah. So that'd be also one that'd be on my mind. But, you know, if, if people want to learn about uh, insect pests and alfalfa, they're going to have to find another podcast. We just can't talk <laughs> about everything. We can. Yeah. Because we have other things to talk about, one of which is a callback to something I think you shared with us last week. Um you had described some injury, um, stink bug injury to corn. And I kind of perked my ears up and thought, well, that's interesting because I mostly think of stink bugs as a pest of soybeans uh, throughout the season in, in parts of the south where they can you know, cause some damage to the plant at various stages, but especially later in the season. This is super early, I thought. Uh, and again, kind of uncommon to hear about uh, stink bug injury in cornfields. You shared with me some photographs. Uh, clearly, it was stink bugs and not bill bugs, which do the same kind of shotgun uh, mark. But there was the staining of the leaves. Anyway, uh, to make a long story short, we got some feedback from our listener who said, oh, you want to hear about stink bugs and corn? Say no more. So this is a first for this season, maybe the first in a while. Uh, we're going to bring in a special guest. Hey, podcast listeners. Our special guest talked for a long time, so I had to break this podcast up into two parts. This is the end of part one. Part two is when we have Dominic Rising come in and talk to us about stink bugs. Upload the second file for that one. See you next week. <laughs>